Ticket Volume brings you the former business development director of Gaming Works, a, a self-described pointy-fingered, grumpy old man in IT, an ambassador for the shiny new thing that really helps. His specialties are using business simulations for individual and organizational change and development, drawing cartoons and leaping about the stage presenting and ranting. Welcome to Ticket Volume, news and information for improving IT experiences. I'm your host, Matt Barron, and this podcast is powered by Invigate, a global leader in IT service and asset management software. As you know, every week I chat with different IT leaders to share insights on service management, technology, and business, and this episode is no exception. But before we start, don't forget to subscribe, like, comment. Now, let's begin. Welcome to Ticket Volume, Paul Wilkinson. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very nervous about being on such a celebrity show. And then you announce me as some sort of leader. Now the pressure's really on. <laughs> I'm really glad that we went through that introduction together beforehand because that grumpy old man comment seems really... <laughs> and I, um, the leaping about on stage, yeah, I love the, the fact that you don't take yourself too seriously. No, no, it, it, you can't take yourself seriously in this industry. Yeah. Exactly. So you've been on this final tour. You've been, um, I think, promoting the shiny new thing that yep. helps. Let's talk about it. What What is this shiny new thing? What is the shiny new thing? Yeah. Um, what's happened is I've noticed it, we in IT love adopting shiny new things. The first one I discovered was ITIL. And that didn't really work. So then we've got Agile and DevOps and Scrum and Safe and IT for IT and COBIT. And we just keep adopting shiny new things. But still, 70% of these transformation projects fail because we forget about the fundamentals, the basics, which is all about attitude, behavior, culture. Now, this is a book and a set of cartoons we made, I think, back in 2006 or something like that. And I did presentations around the world on ABC attitude baby culture now whenever i offer to do a presentation at a conference on abc i get turned down that's old we've done that abc's old haven't you got anything shiny and new like big data ai chat ops or whatever so every sort of thinks abc's got a sell-by date so what i did was i decided to relabel and repackage abc and call it the shiny new thing that really helps now, when I propose a speaking slot, I've now got this global tour that you're talking about. I've been invited all around the world to come and present this new shiny framework called the shiny new thing. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good perspective. You know, like we're always looking for the next yeah. thing that's going to take us somewhere. But really, yeah. I think your point is fundamentally not nothing really changes about human behavior the the advancement yeah. of groups of people working together that's what that's what it is if you look at it people jump, jump onto these frameworks thinking it's all about process design and it's all about the tools and the practices we're really like you said all we're trying to do is get people to behave differently whenever we adopt an item or a devops or an agile it's to get people to behave differently but we forget about how difficult it is to change behaviors Yes. So that is a great segue to our next topic, which is gaming works. Yes. Because I think that gaming gaming works is one of the things that it's it's one of the things that really excited me early on in my career as a consultant. Yeah. The idea that you can change behaviors through simulations yeah. and through games. So let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. 
What what's your experience with Gaming Works? What do you think is the the value that they bring to the market? The value that we brought to market is Gaming Works is um, I, I when I first went through ITIL, I got my ITIL certificate and I had head full of theory, and then I went to customer organisations and I totally screwed it up, embarrassing failures all over the place. And then I realized two things. One, that the ITIL training was really boring and people hated sitting through 250 PowerPoint <laughs> sheets. So half the time they weren't listening and they're only listening so they could pass the exam. And then afterwards, nobody knew how to use this stuff. So we figured there must be A, a more interesting way of learning this stuff and B, there's got to be a better way of making it stick. And that's where we decided to develop business simulation games. Now, the reason... The next reason why it triggered me to make a simulation game was um, I was at an ITIL conference. I think it was a pink conference, and there's about 2,000 people in the room. And James Lovell, astronaut of Apollo 13, was giving a keynote speech. And everything he was saying, I thought, well, wait a minute, that's incident management. That's change management. That's problem management. And everything he was telling me was an idle process. And I looked at the room and I could see 2,000 people totally engrossed in this story. Nobody's falling asleep. Nobody's looking away. Nobody's looking at their mobile phones. They're totally absorbed. And I thought this would make a great example to build as a simulation game, Apollo 13. It's really exciting. It's high tech and people can learn idle. So that's why we first developed the Apollo 13 game. And I think the value of the games is exactly that. It helps people translate the theory into practice. You can bring all of the end-to-end -end stakeholders together in the room. So you can bring the ops people, the dev people, the security people, the business people, the senior managers. Bring them all in a room together and play a simulated environment. And they can see the whole of the end-to-end -end chain moving and usually breaking down and failing. And the good thing about the simulation, you play it in a number of game rounds, which means at the end of each game round, people get a chance to reflect. I mean, how often do people actually stop and reflect in daily life? And yet in a simulation, when they do it four times, the biggest, the biggest takeaway is, oh, yeah, if you continually apply this, stop, reflect, discuss and agree and improve, and then make some iterative improvements, things will go better. And that basically was the oh, real value wow. that the simulations just, it just caught on and it literally flew around the world. <laughs> yes. Yes, if you've spent any time in this industry, the Apollo training yeah. is famous. Everyone's heard yeah. of it. Like everyone has seen it. There's dozens yeah. of pictures and videos online yeah. of people running it. And it does that. It, it takes that element that you uh, saw when the Apollo 13 astronaut was speaking, how storytelling can yeah. teach us. And then you took that another level further and turned it into an experience so yeah. that experience, those experiential learners can then learn those same lessons. And then you do that as a group and then you're all learning the same lessons, albeit from different data points and different yeah. perspectives. Um, but then I also like that, that last point that you made, that the simulation itself uh, teaches people kind of... Uh, an aspect of agile, an aspect yeah. of um, stopping and reflecting yep. and doing the doing the work, like doing the work. Yeah, exactly. It's it's quite funny when usually in the first simulation round we measure the performance, you know, revenue growth, customer mm -hmm. satisfaction, and it always goes horribly wrong. And usually at the end of the first game round, people say, "I could have stayed at work if I wanted to suffer this pain." 
This is just like reality, mm. which is exactly what we wanted to create. So in the first rounds, you want to create yes. reality where they say, I recognize this. Then you apply those continual learning exercises, play the next game and do it again. Playing it. And at the end of the day, usually they've got all their performance figures and everybody's feeling happy and it's great. Mm-hmm. And then we reflect back on how you did that. And I ask them, what did you do between each game round? Yeah, we, we reflected. Who did? We all did, end to end. Yeah, and what did you do? We looked at what went wrong. And then what did you do? We looked at what went right. And we looked at our values. Yeah, and then what did you do? We made three improvements. And I say, how long did that take? 30 minutes. I said, exactly. Every organization on the planet meets themselves stupid. We have daily meetings, monthly meetings, stand-up meetings, change meetings, intimate mm-hmm. meetings. Imagine if you took 20 to 30 minutes at the end of each meeting to do exactly what you just did. A half-hour reflection, capture three improvement points. Imagine how many of improvements you'd have at the end of the year if all teams did this. And what you notice is the companies that put everybody through Apollo do start making exponential performance improvements because everybody goes back and starts supplying continual improvement. And that's the real power of these things. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes that slow down is what you need yeah. to, to, to solve the chaos. Yeah. We're so surrounded by chaos. We just yep. want to fix all the chaos when really if we just stopped and talked about how we were fixing the chaos, yep. then we could actually uh, address it or work upstream or however you want to say that. And that's a really interesting point that you raised about stopping and taking the time to do this. IT people are mm-hmm. so busy. There's just too much work to do. And if a manager walks in a room and sees a bunch of IT people sitting down, not doing anything, He's going to say, what are you doing? Yeah, we're thinking. Never mind about that. Let's get back to work. Rather than saying, well, what are you thinking? Well, we're just thinking about how we can make things better. So unfortunately, a lot of leaders don't give teams the room to spend the half an hour just reflecting to improve because we pump them so full of work. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so looking through our notes from our, our previous conversation, I've got what we learned from this, five key trends and 10 tips. I don't know what I was saying there. Is, oh, does I that do. ring I a do. bell to you? I do, yeah. That's, that comes back to the shiny new thing that really helps. Okay, so what I did, because I needed to promote this thing, basically ABC again, I looked at why 70% of transformations fail. Now, nobody's going to believe mm. me because I'm just a pointy-fingered, grumpy old man. So what I did was I analyzed uh, the state of Agile, state of DevOps, Boston Consulting Group, Uh, Gartner, Forrester, McKinsey. I analyzed all of their annual reports and findings about transformation. And when I analyzed all of these documents, I came across five key trends that they all share. They all said these are the biggest reasons companies fail. And of these five, every single one of them has to do with attitude, behavior, culture. So that's why I said I'm going to build a shiny new thing, focusing on these five core trends and for each one of them, I'm then going to give you 10 tips on what you need to do to stop it failing and to improve success. Well, don't leave us hanging. Let us know what the five trends are. Okay. The five common reasons for the last 40 years, in fact, since I've been doing this stuff, that we fail every single time with every single shiny new framework is this. The number one is a lack of strategic fit, lack of aligning with the goals. Now, 
one of my ABC cards, Attitude, Behaviour, Culture, Worst Practice cards, is the top chosen card in workshops every single year, 15 years in a row. Top scoring card worldwide with more than 5,000 organisations. And that is, IT has too little understanding of business impact and priority. And it's the same in every single simulation we play in the first game round. Nobody talks to the business. Nobody knows what the business goals are. And nobody knows how to apply the frameworks to support and enable business goals. So we just don't know enough about the business. But equally, the business doesn't even know what their own goals are. One of the trend reports I looked mm. at even said only a third of business managers know what their top five strategic goals are. Yet these are the same people insisting their IT projects have the highest priority. So we're just totally wasting time with strategic alignment. The second biggest trend, no surprise here, is leadership and management commitment. Leaders today don't have the leadership skills to be able to manage behavior change and culture change. So they're mm. struggling every single time trying to get these things to work. Next is my pet subject, um, lack of skills alignment. Now for the last 20, 30 years, we've been focused so much on getting the certificate rather than translating the certificate into results and behaviors, which is what we talked about early on, why simulations. Mm. So people don't know how to embed learning into new behaviors. And then what do we do? We blame the framework. See, we told you ITIL's no good. We need ITIL version three. Oh, that's no good either. We need ITIL version four. There's never been anything wrong with the ITIL. It's just that we don't translate that learning into behaviors, sustainable, repeatable mm -hmm. behaviors. Culture is always the top scoring and that's the number four key trend. Culture. We still don't know how to change culture. All the CIO reports still show everybody struggling with culture. And the last one, the final one is uh, continual improvement. We keep thinking we can implement these frameworks. We start a major program or project to implement Agile, implement DevOps, but you can't implement these things. It's an ongoing, continual stop learn, improve, stop, learn, improve, especially as things around you are changing so fast. So continual learning improvement needs to be a core organizational capability, but it's not. So there you go. There's wow, the five key trends. And if you want to know the 10 tips for what to do with them, then you're going to have to come and hear my presentation. <laughs> Good promotion. That is fantastic. The um, I, I love the continual improvement one, yeah. how that that one, I think you, you put it in such a way that it reminds me that the framework never stops. You don't ever stop the the framework. You continually are looking at it to 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 learn and grow. You make a little bit of progress, look at it again. You you make a little um, not progress. I don't know. You devolve back to the way. Well, the you could were. fall back. Look at the framework. You could again. fall back, but yeah. that's why you need to stand still and say, "Is it making the improvement you hoped?" Or is it making things worse? If it's made it worse, why? And what can we do about it? And if you've got yeah. time, I'll just the say culture. this one. Because this yeah. is the one I ask at every single presentation. I basically say this. There's not one organization anywhere on this planet that has ever implemented one single ITIL process from zero to optimize maturity in one go. Not possible. 
There's no organization anywhere on the planet that's implemented all ITIL processes in one go. Just not possible. Therefore, ITIL is nothing more than a continual learning and improving philosophy. But that's the process that gets the least amount of effort and attention. Whereas really from day Mm. one used to say, okay, if we're picking up ITIL or Agile or DevOps, this is a continual learning and improvement philosophy and approach. And we're going to take bits out of it and continually, iteratively apply them until we get the value we hoped we were going to get from adopting this shit. And that's basically all it's about. Fantastic. That is such good advice for all the consultants out there. Every organization that's trying to improve, start from that point of humility, of of curiosity, yeah. of, of continual learning, and use that as your as your basis. The framework is the reference guide. Continual improvement is your goal. And the outcomes are the combination of those two things. Yeah, that's good. I also really like culture and how you say it's the most popular one because it's so broad. We never really do a good job defining what culture is. And yeah. it's so easy to just lump everything into one. Yeah, it is. It is. I love the lessons that you've learned. And I, I want to thank you for sharing them because it is so difficult for us to... to we're all, we are looking for solutions. We're engineers. Yeah. We yeah. can't help ourselves. We're always trying to solve and looking for you know the next tool. Where's the sharpest knife? Because I just keep cutting and cutting and yeah. it's not working for me. Um, and so it's really good, I think, for people to understand. I, I think that's um, a good point. see your perspective. I think you raised another really good point. Um, innovation and creating things are really important in our industry, especially as it's changing so mm-hmm. fast. So we've got to keep hold of that thing about innovating as a core skill. The thing that I've been doing all the time with ABC and my cartoons, basically all my cartoons are worst practice cartoons, things you don't want to do. And every one of the worst practice cartoons I drew is something I did. I've done all 52 of those worst practices in my career and got it horribly wrong. So innovation is good, but we can always learn from what not to do. So go ahead and innovate, but be aware these are the the traps you could fall into. These are the things that could really stop you actually innovating and speeding up. And that's what the ABC cards were really, worst practices, things to avoid. It is so unholy that I love it. (laughs) The the idea, of course, we focus on best practice all the time, all the time. Why not study some worst practice? It really could, you know, shine a light on what we're doing wrong. And, and I think because everybody okay, recognizes that every company's got things going wrong. And that's the danger. Yeah. Instead, instead of recognizing what it is gone wrong, we say, oh, we need a new framework. Oh, that will solve all our problems. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, well, wait a minute. No, what was the problem we were trying to solve? What was the poor behavior? Why were we not getting the results? So who wasn't doing what mm-hmm. or what were we consistently doing in terms of behavior again, not processes or frameworks, what behavior is going wrong? Then when you know the behaviors you're trying to change, then you can look at the framework or the practice, the process, the tool, whatever. Excellent. I love it. That's such good perspective. So, Paul Wilkinson, where can people connect with you and learn more? Uh, you can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter, Gaming Paul. Look up on LinkedIn for Paul Wilkinson and, uh, and you'll probably find me. All right. Perfect. Thanks for joining us on Ticket Volume, Paul.
Thanks for inviting me. And to our audience, thanks for listening to this episode. We've got a bunch more out there and more coming, so don't forget to subscribe. You can also submit a topic or just DM me if you've got topics you want to hear about or guests you want me to interview. You can find us on LinkedIn. There's a ticket volume page. Um, and speaking of that, if you did like this podcast, make sure to leave feedback or like it or share it or leave a review because the algorithms always reward us when you interact with our stuff. This podcast is brought to you by Invigate, the all-in-one IT service and asset management system that helps organizations with world-class IT support systems. If you're looking for a solution to build your help desk without the headaches of year-long implementations and a low total cost of ownership, you're going to love Invigate. In fact, IT teams from NASA, Toyota, and McDonald's use Invigate to manage requests, automate workflows, and centralize inventory data so they can focus on delivering better service. Thanks for hitting play. I'll see you around the way. And remember, good service is good business. <laughs>